Hey, I had to pop in and let you know about something that I am truly loving these days. If you've been around here for a while, then you probably know that at the end of every episode, we love asking our guests what they're loving, but I rarely get to share with you what I'm loving, so here's my opportunity. Guys, I am completely obsessed with the FabFitFun box. If you've never heard about this or you have no clue what I'm talking about, let me fill you in. Basically, FabFitFun curates a box full of goodies every single season. This has stuff like skincare, beauty products, accessories, home decor, athletic and workout gear. I mean, they seriously think of it all. So here's how it works. You can become a member and just for $49.99 each season, you'll get a box filled with eight to 10 full-sized premium products valued at over $200. You can also make sure that your box is custom to you. So each season you can choose some products and add-ons that you want inside your box, or you can just keep it a surprise. You'll get the box in the mail and you can indulge in the best in beauty, fitness, wellness, home, and everything in between, like I've mentioned. It's like Christmas all year round. If you're listening to this and thinking, heck yes, how do I get my hands on a box? We have put the link for you to snag your own in today's show notes or in the description below. Click on that link and fill out some information for you to get your hands on your very own FabFitFun box this season. Welcome to the Behind the Bliss Podcast, where Rachel Autry brings weekly conversations to encourage, inspire, storytell, and share. Each episode is designed for you to feel met in your mess and balanced in your bliss. Here's today's conversation. Hey everyone, and welcome back to another episode of Behind the Bliss. In this episode, I sit down with Lainey Travis and we talk about what it looks like to start a small group in your home, the need to love on women in your community, and what it looks like for you to know that you're seen by Jesus. Lainey dives into this idea that Jesus sees us by offering truth of what we can see throughout scripture and women in the Bible. What an incredible eye-opening episode for those of us who just need to know that Jesus knows us and sees us, understands us, and loves us more than we could ever fathom. So if that's you, you're listening and thinking, yes, I would love to be known that I'm seen and understood by Jesus, then friend, keep listening because this conversation is going to be so encouraging. Well, hey, Lainey, welcome to Behind the Bliss. We're so excited to have you. Thank you so much for having me. I feel honored to get to be on this podcast. You are so sweet. Your sweet publicist group sent me, do you see this woman? You're very new devotional. Yes. And I've gotten through a few of the days and it is packed with good stuff. So I am so excited to be able to bring this and information about you and some of these nuggets to our listeners. Can you maybe just start out telling people like how in the world you even started coming up with this idea and what do you see this woman is all about? Yes. Okay. So it's kind of a little backstory. So I, um, I've been married for 15 years to my husband Reese and I'm, we, we have four children, two boys and two girls. And, um, I've grown up in church my whole life. I've been to tons of Bible studies. I've just been poured into my whole life spiritually. So my kids, my oldest son is 13 and my youngest is eight. So we're in there. My kids are in between those ages. And so I feel like I'm, God just has me in a new season where all my kids are at school. So I felt like the Lord really just prompted my heart to open up a Bible study in my home and in my community. Because I've done a bunch of Bible studies everywhere, but I just, my kids go to a secular school and I thought it would be so fun just to open my home and see who would come. So I found a Bible teacher to come and lead it. And we had so many women. I mean, I was shocked. I thought I'd have 10 to 12 girls. I mean, we would have 40 
to 50 women a week packing in my house. There was just such a need for Jesus in my community. And um, the woman that taught it was an experienced Bible teacher and she was really busy and she had, um, she taught it for a year. And then she said, you know what, I'm having some health problems and I'm going to pursue some other things, but I just really feel like you need to keep this going. There's a real ministry here to women. Why don't you lead the Bible study? And I was kind of like, oh, I've never led one, you know? <laughs> and she said, well, I just think there's such a need. And I think you have a teaching gift because I would always share and, you know, and, you know, be participating in it. So I really prayed about it. And I felt like the Lord said, do it, you know, step into this role. I'll equip you, do it. So I started leading other women's Bible studies, but I would teach them instead of doing the videos, because I just think it was so many women. I didn't know if we could sit there and, you know, watch a video and with that big of a group. And I would kind of enlarge the studies and add my own take on them. And, um, so that kind of got me writing, and then somebody in my, um, I go to Life Church, and I've gone to Life Church for over 20 years. And somebody in my group went to Life Church and said, You should do the um, U Version Bible apps. You should write devotionals for the U Version Bible app, which is a popular app. Yeah. And that has free devotionals. And so I started writing for that, was kind of the next faith step. I started writing devotionals. And um, anyway, I'm being long winded, but I thought, you know what? I'm going to try to write a Bible study. And just see how it goes if I taught a Bible study in my home. And that's where um, I've re- I wrote another one before this one that I'm going to self-publish coming out in, um, around Christmas. But I wrote, um, this. that's where Do You See This Woman Was Really Born. Because I started listening to what the women in the group would ask me and the questions they had and the concerns they had. And a lot of the questions were, you know, does God see me or do I have a purpose or is, have I messed up too bad in my past for God to, to use me and on and on. And so that's where the study was born. I started looking at Jesus's interactions with women in the Bible and I chose six women and I drew parallels from their stories and applied them to our lives. And so that's where this Bible study was born. So it's accompanied with teaching videos because I recorded myself teaching the Bible study actually in my home. And, and there's a link to each week where you can watch the teaching video as well. So that's kind of the long story, sorry, of how the Bible study was born. I I love it. So the cool thing about this is it wasn't like you one day in your kitchen were like, oh, I've got a lot of really great ideas. Let me put this in a book. You first were like, let me go where my people are. Let me just start figuring this out. And then once I can hear from real life women, real life struggles and circumstances, then I can have something to put in between two book covers, which I think is why this is so precious, is because it comes from that community-driven place rather than it being a lady-driven place. So I- It's a totally community-driven place. It totally is. And yeah. I was curious too. You know, I thought I'm going to explore that topic. And I learned so much. In, and when I taught it to the women, I, there was just so much great feedback. So that's why I chose to self-publish this one first. I thought I'm going to self-publish this and share this because what happened was organically other people would have heard about it and said, I, I want to do that, a study like that in my home. So I made these big binders. That's how I originally did it. I made a binder for everybody and I was making so many binders. And I was like, you know, what? I just need to like self-publish this and get it in people's hands and then just um, send them the YouTube link of the video of my teaching because it enriches it. And anyway, and so that's kind of why I chose this one to start with, because there was just so much feedback of, um, from women who participated in it. So, hey, let's dive into this direction, because I feel like there's going to be someone listening that's probably thinking, wow, Bible study group of women getting together. That sounds fun. And they're kind of in the between of 
do I find one to attend? Am I ready to maybe lead one? Or they're thinking, oh, this devotional sounds awesome for my friend group. What would you say to someone that just isn't quite sure where to start in figuring out how to get Bible study going in the first place? Um, okay. I What I included in this is for women just like that. I included a group guide. And so, and that's why I, rec- I recorded myself teaching it. And so you can like, I mean, it's like, you can hear my doorbell ring or my dog bark. I mean, it's just like really organic, but Real um, life. I, yes. <laughs> it's kind of cool. You know, I just opened my home and trusted the Lord. I just took the first faith step and that's kind of how this whole thing was born. So I just encourage you take the first faith step. God will bring people to your home. There, there is people need Jesus. They need community. Women, we need each other. And it's so important to learn and grow. So I put in each study, if you were wanting to do it, you're not sure how, I, I do exactly what I do. We, we have coffee and mingle for a little bit. Then we sit in a circle, we open in prayer. And I have a video that the video teachings are about 28 to 30 minutes each week. So you don't have to teach it. You, you can just play the video. And then um, I have discussion questions included after the video is over that you can discuss. And that just goes where the spirit leads. I mean, you just can discuss as long as you want. And we meet for about an hour and 15 minutes because I have a lot of women that come to my study who work. So they'll just come and um, take that time off work. So I really try to honor the time. So, um, but yeah, that's kind of, but you could do it in the evening. You could do it anytime. And I tried to lay it out in the book. So in the Bible study, so it's really easy to follow if you want to do it if you yeah. want to start one. So it's not as intimidating, I think, as people make it out to be. Yes. It's very much just like open your door, grab some people, get together. You don't need to have gone to seminary. You don't I did not to go be, to seminary. You know, like, I mean, I went, yeah. I, had, I was a pharmaceutical sales rep. I did literally, but I just grew up in church. That's yeah. God qualifies you. If he calls you, he will give you what you need. Yeah. And we don't serve food. I mean, I just serve coffee. And women just come and have a cup of coffee and fellowship. And what something we do that is just kind of fun, and I didn't include this in the group guide, but we have, um, I have access to a friend who plays the guitar. So we choose one praise and worship song for each Bible study, and we start each week that way. And it just kind of sets the tone. It gets everybody's like heart in a place of worship because people are running in from in their workout clothes or running in from dropping kids off at school. Ours is in the morning or yeah. running in for work real quick. And it just kind of just, we start it with a song, then a prayer, and then we go into the teaching. And it's just, that's a great way to set the tone. So I, if you have a friend that has access to that, that'd be great. Or you can even play your Alexa and just play a praise and worship song. Yeah. Just to, we, We've done that before a bunch too, just to kind of set the atmosphere. But um, yeah. So yes, it's awesome. So I just finished another one in my house um, last week as another third study that I wrote. And it's just been so fun to see how God um, just shows up each time and just equips, just gives you what you need. So, yeah, I've heard this before. Someone say uh, he doesn't call the equipped. He equips the call. Yes, I have seen that play out. And just if you're nervous, like something I kind of struggle with is fear. That's sort of just been my issue. And I just get nervous and anxious. And I don't like to the center of attention. I don't, I don't like everyone staring at me. So it's been very hard for me to step out of my comfort zone and to teach. But once I just, you know, I prepare and do the best I can. But once I um, get up there and stand up there, I just feel God's peace on me. I mean, he just, he just gives me the words and he helps me get through it. I mean, it's so every time before everybody comes, I'm really nervous all morning. And then it's like, I just feel his presence. So even if you're scared or you're nervous, and um, I've also heard it said, you know, do it afraid, just do it, just, just step out and do it. And you'll see God show up. It's really awesome. There's no such thing as too small of a small group. Small group can be you and another person 
It can be you and three people. It can be you and 20 so on. I just don't think there is like a cookie cutter way that small groups and you can meet or at Starbucks. Bible studies should happen. Yeah. And just like watch it on your yes. phone, or, you know, watch a little video. It literally, yes. in fact, and um, um, I was asked uh, for another group to come, to come share live one of the women's stories. And I was like, sure, I'll come do it. And one person showed up. So I, I was like, okay. And so I just taught full out for one person. <laughs> You know, I was like, that's just who needed to hear it. So it's just, it's so true. I mean, it's, if one life is changed and you make a difference for the kingdom in one life, it is well worth it. And your life will change too. My faith has never grown so deep as when I've had to step out and into something God's called me to do. So I've seen my faith grow so much. So it's just really awesome. So excited about this and hopefully people feeling empowered to start their own Bible study but kind of want to jump into the content and some of the things yes. that I've gained out of Do You See This Woman, which is your Bible study guide that we've been talking about this whole time. And I think it's such a cool message, and I think it's very timely, especially with just conversation, even in the world, like even in within social media and culture today is very targeted towards women. And like, are we yes. seen? Are we heard? Are we understood? Are we advocated for? All these things that... I think are amazing that they're becoming conversation starters, but it's super important too, that we take it back to scripture and like, what did Jesus say about women and how did Jesus lead us? And I think that that can be our perfect picture to then how like the whole feminist movement can go. (laughs) I don't know. I'm like, should we even go there? I think we just should because there's so, I mean, there's a lot of politics around it, but what's so cool is like women and empowerment and us being advocated for, wasn't this generation's idea. <laughs> this what this happened right. so long ago where Jesus stood up for women because he wanted to understand them and help them know that they are known. So will you share a few nuggets or things that you would want someone to finish this Bible study and know about themselves because of the way Jesus loved women? Yes. Well, they in this study too, we see the culture was very... Um, really women were very suppressed. They didn't have a voice. They were stuck in sin cycles. They were stuck in um, labels that, that they couldn't get escape from. And Jesus became their advocate and he's our advocate. I mean, he stepped in um, that gap and he defended them and he called out their God-given identity. So when they encountered Christ, he freed them all of something. I mean, even if it was a wrong mindset, or um, actual bondage, or some sort of sickness. Um, he freed them. He, he set them free, and he gave them a voice, and he stood up on their behalf, and he gave them a purpose. And um, they are empower- he empowered them in a culture that they really they didn't and um, they weren't empowered in. And so, um, I think when we how we relate to it today, when we enter into the presence of Christ, when we bow before him and we let him define us, he calls out our God given identity and he gives us a purpose. I mean, if we are on this earth, we have a role to play. There is a role for women to play. We have um, people he wants us to reach in our communities and our spheres of influence and um, even being um, a mother and a wife and a daughter and a sister and a friend. He has purpose for us. And we can get stuck in a wrong label. We can get stuck in comparison. We can get stuck in perfectionism. We can even be stuck in shame of some past sin or something that we're not proud of. And we think, oh, God can never use us. And he said, oh, I I have so much for you. And he sees beyond what man sees. He sees who he made us to be. And that's really the heart of the study. When they met Jesus, 
he freed them from something. He's constantly freeing us up. He wants us to walk in his freedom and he empowered them and he loved them. He saw them. And, and they were, some of the women were invisible. They were invisible, but God says, no, I see you and I love you and I have plans for you. And I call you lovely. I mean, one woman he called daughter. He said, you have a place in my kingdom. You're my daughter. So it's just like a really inspiring study. And it just shows you when you're in the presence of Jesus, he, he tells you who you are. And he gives you um, purpose. And, and we're so fulfilled in his callings when we start walking with him and spending time with him. And, and that you see that happening in each of these women's scenarios. And all of their circumstances were different. And all of their situations were different. And Jesus interacted with so many women in the Bible. But I just chose six that I just thought these stories really stuck out to me. So um, that's really the heart behind it. He sees you and he has a purpose for you. And he'll equip you to do whatever he's called you to do. Mm-hmm. That's so good. The six, just for people curious, are the woman Jesus saw, the woman Jesus rescued, the one he healed, the one he enlightened, the one he delivered, and the one he comforted. And I think that yes. those are just the perfect description of what he can do, even in us and whatever circumstance or season he, we can find ourselves in. Um, I think the one that I specifically probably relate to the most is the one Jesus saw, because I mean, I'm just making a wild guess here. <laughs> a lot of women probably struggle with feeling misunderstood or feeling like they're not seen mm-hmm. um, either that or that they're not enough in general. But what I've, yes. what I've kind of concluded for myself is in the moments I feel insecure or less than or not valued is because I don't feel like I'm being seen and valued mm-hmm. in wherever I am at the moment. And so this one week of walking through the woman that Jesus saw was so precious for me because I realized that, I mean, Here's the cool thing about the Bible is chances are there's a character for all of us. There's someone that we can relate to or say like, I've been there. Absolutely. Yes, I understand. And these women kind of cover a lot of criteria of what we women today still struggle with or like still find. It's really interesting. They're not so different from us. I mean, they're just women, you know? Yeah. 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 Which one was your favorite? Do you even have one? <laughs> I, one? I like every week I thought, oh, this is going to be my favorite. I just loved all of them. I related on some level to each of them. I don't know that I have a favorite, but I was going to tell you just to expand on the, do you see this woman on the word see in Greek? And I get into that in my teaching is the word blepo. And it means to see something in its entirety and to know intimately and so, um, you know, God doesn't see as man sees. Man looks at the outward. God looks at the heart. So he sees our hearts. He sees our backgrounds, our emotions, our feelings. He sees our education. He sees our bondage, our places of shame. He sees the whole story when he looks at us. He knows if we're stuck somewhere, he knows why. He knows why we made the decisions we've made. He gets the whole story. And he just like gracefully and in his love leads us to freedom. And I love that. He doesn't shame us. He doesn't condemn us. He... Um, he helps us. He rescues us. And you see that happening with each of these women as they look to him, they're, they're seen for who they are. And he calls her woman. Everyone else called her sinner, that particular woman. And he said, no, you're, you're a woman. I'm going to remind you who you are. You have lost sight of who you are. And women, we wear, we play so many roles that sometimes we can just get stuck in it. You know, we're a mom, we're a wife, we're, um, we're a career woman, and, and we can lose sight of who we are in Christ. And Jesus is saying, let me define you. And then you'll have a purpose in all of those other roles, but I've got to define you. You've got to know who you are in me because our seasons change. 
some of us are, you know, you're changing diapers for a season and you're working for a season and, or you're just newlywed or you're single, but God's one, if you know who you are in me in every season, I'll show you your purpose. And so, um, I feel like that, that, I, I don't know why I just wanted to point that out. And do you see this woman? He sees he sees all of us. He sees every part and he loves us right where we are. And that's another thing with each of these women's stories. He met them exactly where they were. They weren't too lost in sin. He met them there. And then he led them to freedom. He led them out of that. So um, I love that. And even Martha, I love, cause you know, we always hear about Mary and Martha and she was just kind of stuck in a wrong mindset and she didn't have this like horrible reputation or this, this bondage, so to speak, her bondage was in her mind. And so much, I really related to her, so much of our bondage as women is in our mind. It's things we tell ourselves, it's voices that we listen to. And so Jesus just gave her a new perspective. And sometimes he just has to do that for us. So so anyway, there's all different types of um, women in this study. So I think you'll see yourself in all of them. I saw myself in all of them. Yeah. I probably will too once I finish this. I have already seen myself in a lot of them. Like I was saying, I feel like I'm the one that Jesus saw and also the one that Jesus rescued. So I'm excited to make my way through the rest of them too. Can we talk maybe more about Martha? I just feel like it's timely as well. Like our bondage being stuck in our head because you hear a ton about anxiety and depression. And unfortunately, a lot of those statistics lean towards women. And I think that it's like, I mean, go figure. We have a lot that we're kind of fighting on our own, but we don't have to fight on our own. But could you maybe speak to someone who maybe their ears perked when they heard you talk about Martha and where they can find some, some rescue in the way that Jesus saw Martha? Yes. She just had some wrong mindsets and Jesus and just, he changed her perspective. And I think as she met with him, he renewed her mind and he does that with us. He renews our minds. And so, Mm. and he gives us his perspective. And so I think that what that looks like for me is I can get so off, like, you know, when I'm not spending time in God's word and and not, that doesn't even mean hours and hours and hours, just like reading a devotional, starting my day that way, starting my day in prayer, you studying for these Bible studies or, or getting in a Bible study and being in community with other women, your mind, he'll renew your mind and he'll give you hope and, and your thinking um, will clear. And so, and um, that's what happened with Martha. She was real mad at her sister thinking that she wasn't helping her. And she was trying to control everything and make everything so perfect. And she was missing that Jesus was in her living room. And he said, Mary's chosen what's better. And he, she chose what's better because she was sitting at his feet as a disciple to be enlightened in a culture where women weren't allowed to be educated. A lot of them couldn't even read. So she was mad at Mary because she's saying, that's not your place. You're not supposed to be sitting at the feet. That's a man's place. You're supposed to be in the kitchen helping me. And Jesus says, Martha, Martha, you're worried and upset about many things, but Mary has chosen what is better. He permitted her to be a disciple and to learn. And, um, I love that because he really redefined her culture expectations as well. And sometimes we can put all these this pressure on ourselves and we got to look just like this person or we, we compare ourselves on Instagram or we have to be this perfect person. And God's going, no, 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 no. Laney, Laney, you're worried and upset about many things. Just sit at my feet. Let me define you. Stop trying to be defined by your culture. Stop trying to be defined by what other people, who they say you are or other people's expectations or even our own wrong expectations of ourselves. Mary was chosen what's better because she was being enlightened at the feet of Jesus. So he said, you have a place at my feet. You have a place and I have roles for you to play. So I love that, that week, that perspective. So, and as we meet with Jesus, he'll define us and he'll, and 
he'll speak to our hearts and, and he'll calm our anxiousness, which so much of it we put on ourselves, you know? Yeah. Yes. I was talking to my husband about this the other day. I was like, it's really funny because I get so worked up so quickly. And now I'm noticing that I get worked up and it's super anxious, super fast. So I now can kind of be like, Rachel, calm down. Right. And calm myself down because I'm noticing it's a pattern. And I'm so wired that way. <laughs> yeah. But aren't we all like the more yes. people I tell this to, the more they're like, oh, yeah, me too. Yes. Um, and I, it was this one particular day was kind of stressful for our whole family. And so my husband was kind of a little wired too that I I think in that moment like I saw him anxious and yes. so then it almost I felt like gave me the permission to be anxious because he's he's the calm one so like yes if I'm freaking out and he's not that's kind of my like okay I can calm down now. yes but when the moment comes that he gets super anxious I lose it I'm like oh panic if he's not you know if he's not stable then what am I gonna do which we're working through yeah but I learned from all this too of like Yes, this perspective, this mindset, this actually I can be okay even if Thomas isn't okay because Jesus says that I'm okay and I will be okay and that my future has already been written and he has paths to prosper or he has plans to prosper me yes. not to harm me to give me a hope and a future and like speak these things over myself that I think is so cool and what happened to Martha in that moment that Jesus kind of like lifted her head and was like, can you stop? Yeah. Just look at me. Look at me. Just focus on me. Yeah. She's choosing what's better because she's just sitting in my presence and letting me tell her what's important. And you're worrying about all the wrong things. And we do that. We get, my focus gets off. I'm, I'm type A. I'm, I do everything really fast and I can go full speed ahead. And my husband's more opposite. He's, he's more of a calming force. We have the same relationship, you know? And so he's always just like, you are worrying. And I'm real fear-based. So I'm always like, what if no one comes? Well, what if this happens? What if I forget this? What if I don't do this? He's like, you have just got to quit living in fear. You just got to change your perspective, have faith. He's like, have Mm -hmm. faith. And so it's a real struggle for me. And so um, I related a lot to Martha. I want to control everything and have it all logical and all make sense. And Jesus is going, you need to shift your perspective. You need to give it to me, surrender it to me. And so I have to do that constantly. And I think women, we as women, we all have to probably, but me more than anyone. (laughs) So goodness, my kind of part of me is now wondering, as you start meeting with different Bible studies and you have quite a few under your belt, do you see almost some patterns or things within women that you're like, gosh, I've been hearing this a lot recently that you just would want to kind of speak to our audience about? Well, I just wrote another Bible study, not to get on that one, but it's called Into the Deep. And I just finished it and I wrote it about faith, about how we grow our faith. And I think it's kind of born out of this one. You know, you start you start um, looking at what women, we as women deal with. And we talk about men. This one's more about men in the Bible and um, just how we grow our faith and how sometimes God takes us through things so our faith will grow. So, we, so he'll remind us to depend on him, you know. And I just think so much of our faith walk is we have to depend on Jesus. We just have to. We cannot do it in our own strength. We can't save ourselves. We can't earn salvation with all of our works. We just have to rest in him and trust in him and depend on him for that very next step. And he'll free us in that moment. He'll empower us. He is the I am, a present tense God. He is with us right there, right where we are, whatever season you're in. He sees you. He has plans for you right there. And I can try to get ahead of myself. And he's saying, just have faith. Just trust me. Depend on me. Lean on me. And I'll lead you in the way you should go. So we just kind of, and that was how my my other study was kind of born out of that idea of how do we grow our faith? How do we do that? And and so I just finished up that one. But yeah, I think I, I just kind of, 
pray about it and listen what women are asking. And then it kind of motivates me and inspires me to the next topic. Cause normally it's something I'm dealing with. I'm like, how do we grow our faith? Okay. I'm going to do a Bible study about that. Or what, how does Jesus see women? Okay. I'm going to pursue that. So it's kind of been interesting how God leads it, you know? Yeah, absolutely. So you see a lot of women kind of struggling with having faith for their future and in the storms. So it's, and the last study I wrote, it's, um, I, I did Bible stories really that include a boat. So leaving one shore and going to another and in each story, they encounter a storm in the middle. So storms and hardships are part of life. And sometimes I think we think, Oh, we have life in the faith. We'll never struggle. We'll never have a hardship. We'll never have a heartache. And God's going, it's part of the process of growth is, is you're strengthened in those storms and, and they're not forever. They won't last forever, but God's saying, lean on me and depend on me. And I'm going to teach you something through him. And so we're going to encounter trouble in this world. We will have trouble, but Jesus has overcome the world. He will get us through as we depend on him and we lean on him. And then we looking back, we can say, oh, I see my faith was strengthened there. I see what God did there. I see how his hand was moving there. And so I just think we, we will encounter things, but when we walk with Jesus, he'll empower us to get through him. And, and so that's kind of a different topic, but and he's, he's with us. He never leaves us. He helps us and we'll make it to the other shore. Ultimately we'll get to the heavenly shore, but we will make it from shore to shore in this life as um, just kind of in different seasons and different callings and different things that we face. He's with us and he empowers us. So, and he sees us. It kind of goes back to this, whatever you're facing, yeah. he's with you. He sees you. He knows um, the story and you can trust him and you can give it to him and he'll help you. He'll help you. He'll, he'll get you through. So, yeah, it's good. I've heard this before too, that fear is faith in the wrong direction. Yes, like I've assuming, heard that too. Yes. Yeah, it's like assuming the worst of something or going ahead and coming to assumptions about how it'll end without even giving Jesus an opportunity to come through. And I've had to kind of reconcile this within my own heart and figure out I have to stop making decisions solely based out of my fear. Yes. <laughs> like, wh- where am I going to go to dinner? Sometimes it's determined by like, well, I don't want to have to run into this or I don't want to have to then have to go here. And instead of it just being an enjoyable, like, yeah, where would I have pleasure to have dinner? Yes, <laughs> where it's do true. I have, and we can know? parent out of fear. We, you know, you, you can do so many things out of fear and it will rob you. When Jesus is saying, have faith, I've got you. I'm right here with you. I see you. I have purposes for you. They're good purposes. They're to prosper you. You can trust me. So when we enter those trials, we can just hang on to faith and go, Jesus is going to get us to the other side. He has good plans for us. There's going to be purpose in this. I'm going to grow from it and we can trust him. We can trust him. So much of what we fear is like things that haven't even happened yet. And when you're in it, you're like, it's not even that bad. Yeah. God gave me what I needed. Isn't that so true? So true. I've heard that too. The what ifs are I fear. You know, when we think, what if this happens? What if this happens? What if this happens? You can replace if with Mm -hmm. I fear. You know, I fear this, I fear this. And it, it's, and God, God wants us to live in a place of peace, not out of anxiety or fear. So, and I actually cover that um, in this study. I can't remember which week that was. We talk about the different forms of fear. We're supposed to have a reverence, like a respectful awe of God, but we're not supposed to have the phobia fear. I think the Greek word that um, is used is, um, I haven't given him a spirit of fear. I don't want to say it's phobia. That's the root word. And it's where we get our anxiety and our stress. God doesn't want us to live in that place. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I think anxiety, depression, I think paranoia and all of that just gets wrapped up into one big basket of fear. And that's the root. Yeah, that's the root. It's the root. Oh, crazy. 
I think too what's been so important for me and a lot of other friends that might be struggling with this lack of faith type issue is having scripture to quote to know to almost recall so in those moments that your brain is playing tricks on you then your heart can kind of speak up and say no no yes like there's power in it I mean there's power in God's word you can say it out loud there's power in it. And as you're saying it, you're, you're feeding your faith and starving that fear. Cause it's like what you feed grows. You know, if you just feed it, feed it, feed it, it'll grow. But if you just say, I'm not, I'm not going to go there. I'm going to speak these words. I'm going to speak this scripture. Maybe put it in your car, put it on your mirror and just feed that faith and it'll renew your mind it will. and it'll um, bring you peace. Yeah. There's power in it. So, which I think is just what's so cool about this devotional, this one specifically, the, do you see this woman I just think that these six women who have encountered Jesus face to face can also be that tangible testimony for us to be like, no, Martha struggled with the same thing. I'm not going to choose that. Or no, you know, Jesus stood up for me when people wanted to throw stones. I'm going to choose to know that. Like, yes, I'm not going to beat myself up. Sometimes we be, you know, God's forgiven us and we're still haven't forgiven ourselves. And he's going, I'm not throwing stones at you. I do not condemn you. And there's a difference in condemnation and conviction. And I talk about this in the study. Conviction, the Holy Spirit will convict us and lead us into righteousness as we spend time with God. And conviction says, rise up to who you are. It just says, this is who you are. Where condemnation shames yeah. you, throws stones, makes you mm-hmm. stuck, paralyzed in fear. You can't move forward. You're living in guilt. That's not from God. That's not from God. So God doesn't throw stones. He just right. says, rise up to who you are. Right. Go, sin no more. Leave your life of sin. And what he means is, just walk with me. Let's, let's walk towards freedom. He's always leading us to freedom for our good. He wants to free us up so he can use us for his purposes. We're not stuck and wrong identities or shame. He's saying, that's not from me. That's not from me. Yeah. So, yeah. So for the woman that feels invisible or unknown, unneeded, burdened by shame or guilt, all of these things, what's so cool and what I think that we can take away from this whole conversation is that you are known, you are valued in all these things, but to know that means that you must know Jesus. Yes. And to know that means you must know your maker and your creator to be able to confidently stand in that place. So I hope that this is almost like a, we're just saying a rise up to women that might be listening, that might be stuck in these places to go grab your book, grab your girlfriends, maybe even grab this devotional and sit down and just soak in who you are and who you've been made to be. And know that there's other women right now, right now, right here in the same culture, but then also way back when, when they even got to see Jesus face to face and yet still struggled. They kind of give us a little bit of the deep breath. We'll be all right. Like we've, we've really truly, this has already been established. It's just up to us to believe it or not. So yes, you are amazing for writing this and even opening up this conversation. I think this is so needed today. So needed today. Well, thank you so much, Rachel, for having me. It's an honor to be on here. And I just pray it blesses somebody and um, pick up the book. And I pray the Bible study will bless you. It blessed me and the women in our community. So I believe it. I believe it. Okay. One more fun question. I love asking this to everyone. What is something that you're loving these days that you can't get enough of? You just have to share. Like sometimes it's a food. Sometimes it's a song or a book. Like it can be anything that you are like. People have to know about this. Okay, let me think. Oh, I don't know. Something I'm loving. I know. 
on the spot. And, I mean, I have, I, I mean, I don't know. I love like, just like a luxury thing. I love this egg, the egg blanket. It's like huge. It sounds like so silly, but my husband and I fight over it every night. I'm getting all my kids one for Christmas. It's like this huge, no. soft, giant, kettly as softest blanket ever. So, um, I love it. And it's freezing cold. I'm in Oklahoma city. It's freezing cold here today. So it just makes you want to just wrap up in it. And oh, goodness. I love, and um, our family actually has a coffee company and it's called EOTE. And it means it stands for ends of the earth, the Bible verse, the ends of the earth. And it's, so it made me think that when you wrap up in a blanket and um, you can order it on Amazon, but you can get a cup. I love EOTE coffee. I love it. It's like the best coffee. And, um, that's sort of something that my extended family does and something else I love. Let me think. I love music. And so, um, I'm trying to think of a praise and worship song that I've loved. I actually, this is an old song that it's called seeing my love by Kim Walker. And if you just need to be reminded of who Jesus says you are, listen to that song. I recently spoke about one of the women at my church and, and I quoted the lyrics of that song at the end. And I've just been listening to it over and over and over at my house because I'm like, oh, it's just such a powerful song of who Jesus says that we are. He says he calls you lovely. And I just love listening to it. It just encourages me. So those are three things, coffee and egg blanket and, and a good music, a good praise and worship song. Yes. Okay. Speaking of blankets, have you ever felt a barefoot dreams? Yes. Oh, we love those two. So I did that. I loved that one last year and I love that one still. Wait, and then now so my new one is this other Just one. I'm curious. <laughs> yeah. You what? How are they different? I'm curious. Like the Eglin has fur. It's like, yeah, because the barefoot dream, you know, it's that kind of that, I don't even know what it is, cottony, so soft. And it has like a soft, soft, soft fur. It's so yes. warm. It is so, so warm. So um, I just love it. I, I love both of those. I love to be comfortable, especially when it's cold outside. Okay. So the Ugg blanket must go feel. Okay. I'm adding that yes. to my list. It's a good Christmas gift. It's like for like, a, like maybe for your parents or something. Yeah. You know, if you just need a good warm Also, gift. can we talk about Christmas being right around the corner? I'm kind of freaking out. Like I did, I, I, I thought it was still September. Like we were talking to some friends and we were like counting down something. And I said, oh yeah, well, I mean, it's September. And they're like, no, it's not, Rachel. Oh, like, I know. It's, it's Halloween tomorrow. It's so crazy. And it's always freezing here on Halloween. And my kids are all, I have to go with them because it's our street gets really packed. We live in a family neighborhood with lots of families. So anyway, I've got to bundle up. I'll be in my egg blanket tomorrow night <laughs> drinking coffee. So I'll be freezing. Yes, I'll yes, you will. But, um, yes. Anyway, I know. Oh, and I heard goodness. Christmas is six days shorter this year or we lose six days or something. And so I'm like, oh no, it's like, I feel like there's never enough time in December. I love Christmas. It's my favorite time of year. Oh, mine too. I'm like the moment that. Christmas music is starting on the radio. Game on! Oh, like, I love I, it. I'm already. I've already started playing it. I'm going to be honest. It's like yes. I'm one of those people. It's like not, not even Halloween. Yeah. I already have the Christmas music on. I love it. Well, once it keeps like regularly around 60 degrees or less here in Birmingham, Alabama, then I'll play Christmas music. But like you step outside and you sweat, it just feels wrong. So I'm with oh, you. So maybe that's why. It's we have a cold front. I mean, it's like. 30 degrees here. Well, then yes, it play Christmas. Reason, so I'm feeling the Christmas vibe, even though it isn't even Halloween right. yet. Because it's so cold here. I love it. Well, Lainey, thank you so much for spending time with us today and talking all things women and how we are loved and seen and known by Jesus Christ himself. So 
thank you for just sharing all of that with us today. Yes. And I want to say one more thing. I forgot to say this. Yes. That I have a little podcast I started too called Gospel on the Go. And mine's only 10 minutes. It's just 10 minute little Bible stories and it comes out every Monday. So if anyone ever just wants a little devotional in the morning and they don't have time, you know, to listen that quick, it's just a little, it's, I don't interview anyone. It's just a quick little message. I it's love called gospel. it. <laughs> yeah. I've, I've decided to start doing those because for little quick devotions in the morning while you're getting ready. So yes, I wanted to put perfect. that out there. Well, we will link that in our As show notes so everyone can go and get their gospel on the go for the day. Yes, yes. It's just like real quick, 10 minutes and under, a little um, Bible message. So. Well, thank you, Lainey. You are amazing, and I so enjoyed this conversation with you. Me too. Thank you for having me. Have a blessed day. I think it's super easy to know with our minds that Jesus knows us and sees us, but to know and actually believe in our hearts that he understands us and loves us on the deepest level that we actually can't even imagine is a reminder that I need myself more often than not. So I'm assuming that you might need that as well. I'm hoping this conversation instilled that encouragement, but also some wonder into the type of God that we serve. It was so helpful for me to hear from Lainey all the different women in the Bible that were going through something of their own. We all have stories that are all unique to one another, but the remaining theme and principle is that Jesus sees us and knows us. If you wanna dive deeper into the conversation about Jesus seeing women and knowing us deeply, then make sure to head over to our show notes to see where you can find Lainey's devotional, Do You See This Woman? All about six women who encounter Jesus face-to-face in the Bible. You can find a link to that devotional and everything else we mentioned in today's episode in our show notes over at BehindTheBlissPodcast.com. Thanks for tuning in. We'll see you next week.